Do what, we though? What about, uh, what about life news? Uh, life I'm, news? I'm pregnant. Uh, okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. What do you, what do, you do you know if it's a girl or a boy yet? It's a podcast. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sacred time. Oh god! Really, this is how we're starting. What, what do we? What is? I was hoping for some Chris, banter. Chris, but why not don't this. you say what the hell this is? Yeah. Uh, all right. And well, this us is. To it. <laughs> yeah. Just start it already. All right. All right. I'll just start it then. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to Enter the Critic, a podcast where each week we talk about new movies, both in theaters and on Netflix. Uh, my name is Chris Klump. With me, as always, Mark Sherman. <laughs> And I'm Pick Picker. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's different, but <laughs> this week I've decided that I'm just going to have a, a new alias. Just a new episode. alias every like every yeah, it's good. Every week. Wonderful. But it al- it's always going to be my actual initials. I don't want to trick oh, people too nice. much. Oh, nice, I don't want to lead them nice. astray that much. Like don't that. worry. Don't worry. You're not gonna. Um, <laughs> good, good, good. Don't worry, no one's listening. <laughs> no one yeah. could be misled. No one's listening. The only people, the only people who are listening. Ghosts can be misled. <laughs> Maybe ghosts are listening. No, Matt. The only people who are listening either live with you or personally know you. So. Or, or are you? <laughs> or are you? <laughs> hey, oh wait, my name's not Mark Sherman. <laughs> Why did I just say that? You're having like a memento moment. You're like, wait. <laughs> was I making a joke there? Or was that like a thing that I actually like lost my memory of my name? It's crazy. So this week we saw The Conjuring. Um, but before we get into that, let's get into some news here. What do you want to talk about first? Talk uh, about uh, Melissa McCarthy? Yeah, why not? Hit, hit me. All right. Well, Melissa McCarthy... Uh, Heat star, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, yep, yep. is in talks to star in Paul Fagg, who directed The Heat, uh, Paul Fagg's new spy comedy, Susan Cooper. Melissa McCarthy doing a comedy. That's a, that's a bold yeah, choice. A little bit of a, I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch for her. I don't know. She usually she's, just does like dramatic uh, independent foreign films. She's usually rooted mm. in like tragic Shakespearean stuff. Yes, so yes. This will be interesting. Uh, yeah. This is good news, I think. Oh, absolutely. To everyone in this room, because we're all fans of Melissa McCarthy. Yep, absolutely. We're all fans of her movies with Paul Feig. Uh, they got their start together with Bridesmaids. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a female-led spy comedy. Centers on the James Bond type. Oh, but will not be a spoof. Nice. Not be oh, a well, nice. well. And instead will handle situations realistically with a comedic beat. I like, like, like Shaun of the Dead. Not a spoof. But like, funny. I suppose so. Like not like, s- like not like Naked Gun. Like right, not right, right, right. Yeah. Not scary it will be, movie. It will be a spy, an actual spy film nice. with comedic elements. Cool. In it. So, so she's not pulling an Austin Powers. She's actually right, okay. Right. That's good. That's yeah. that's the route that she needs to be going, and that's awesome. Yeah. I well, hope that uh, uh, the director does the same thing um, to this movie in regards to spy films as he did with The Heat in regards to buddy cop films. You know, kind of bringing the same beats back, uh, the the standard tropes of those of that genre. Right. Not not even necessarily lampooning it. Just no, incorporating no, it. no. Just throwing them right yeah. in there, and and uh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited. That sounds that sounds a yeah, lot of fun. I just hope they don't go too like Casino Royale and incorporate like a torture scene or something. Oh, that would <laughs> be, that could be awkward. That would be really. I don't know how you spin that into funny. No, that would be difficult. <laughs> Although the Heat had one towards the end, the Heat almost had a torture scene. Well, in what it. do you mean almost? It totally had yeah, a torture yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's that's good. That's good news. I'm I'm glad, especially because it doesn't sound well. I mean, the Heat didn't. No, it Boston. did well. Did it do well? It it did well. I don't know why I always do you want me to. Do you want You're me to so pessimistic. I'm when just it comes so pessimistic to, uh, when it comes to films. I didn't hear. Oh, I like it. So it did horribly. Exactly. Like if it's a bad movie, you're like, probably made a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you can cut this out, but let me look up that oh. box. Oh. Scary oh. movie oh. four probably made like a trillion dollars. You know what's sad is it probably <laughs> did make a trillion dollars. <laughs> no, I don't dollars. think so. Uh, the Heat currently sitting at. One hundred thirty-three million. Oh, That's nice. pretty good. Nice. For, pretty uh, good. Pretty, pretty good, good for a comedy. Yeah, yeah, especially a rated R comedy. Yeah, you don't see those numbers too often. While so. I'm here, I'm going to see what Pacific Rim is doing. Yeah, I was oh yeah. Just looking that up yeah. too. <laughs> if you, the listener, have uh, not gone out and seen Pacific yeah. Rim three times like most of us have, uh, S- ah, sixty-eight point three. But that's probably domestic. Still. Well, yeah, my life, uh, box office mojo says seventy four million. You know, you so. know, one specific rim makes it to to China, it's gonna do. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll do well. Since most of the movies is, it takes place in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot so, of the movie does take place in Hong Kong, but they know how to make movies now. Just oh, yeah, incorporate China in somehow some way throw that China in there, and you got as that long market. as it's not negatively painting them, that, that yep. you're good to go. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's move on to some other news here. We have talked about in the past um, our love of Dread 3D. Oh, yes. And uh, very recently, a couple of days ago, a a petition, an official petition. Right. So it's not just like a fan-made it's not thing. Just like Facebook. No, it's not something fan-made that got traction. This is like an official petition was started um, – to uh, to get traction for a sequel. Right. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Dread 3D tanked in the box office, but made a huge comeback in Blu-ray sales. Well, enough to break even, I think. Ah, okay. Which is a pretty big... If you do horribly in the theaters, and then you still make your... And it, it, make and your, a your money pretty back. big budget, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, th- that's very good news. Now, when you say like official, this is... If, I'm, if I remember right, because I read the, the article, this is from the current comic book uh company who does the dread who owns the dread uh yeah, 2000, 2000 AD. AD. Yep. okay yeah it's, it's who actually started it which that's uh that's a good thing that's yes yeah you don't want it because <laughs> at least then there's a lot of there's a lot of people that read comics so you right know, you right can get that out there um, and you can get that petition up there yeah, Dread 3D was just so phenomenal. We, we we talked to great lengths on another episode about it, so I don't want to go too too deep into it. But it, again, well, we it, it is just ripe for sequel. It um, is. You just could because... you can just do so much with that uh, world that they create. Considering the entire movie takes place in one building, right? The first movie was so self-contained. Yeah, and you if you just keep doing that, just have more days mm-hmm. in the life of yeah, Dread. Exactly. It's such an awesome idea. So yeah. I really hope it works out. There, uh, Carl Urban, who played Dread, really wants it to happen, All and right. he urged people at uh, Comic Con to sign yeah. up on the Facebook page and sign up for the petition. So. That, guy, that guy is just such a nerd. He is. He is. <laughs> it's hard to believe he can 
be a grizzled action star. As yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. So that's that's what I got. All right. Any other movie news? Yes. Uh, hit, hit me. Now, wait, now do I give it? Yeah, now. I'm really bad at this. Now. Now. It's not like you I, didn't host your own uh, podcast for so okay, long. Good. How do I? <laughs> okay, things. coming up soon, moving pictures on screen. <laughs> what? And? Oh. Are those those new so, Zoe tropes I've been hearing okay. so much about? I thought you were just like being very general oh, with no. the with the news. No, that is the news. That oh, okay. Soon we will have moving picture. <laughs> Boy, That's I hope they film a train and then the audience you know, will like think it's coming towards them. You know, like when we go, we just them. look at a movie poster and we just sit there for a few hours. <laughs> wow, I wish that was moving. Move. All right, no. Um, James McAvoy is going to be Victor von Frankenstein in the new movie, uh, new Frankenstein movie. Daniel Radcliffe had been signed on as Igor some time ago. And now, James McAvoy, you may know from X-Men First Class fame, who plays Charles Xavier. He'd make a good Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe as Igor. I don't know if they're going for, like, um, um, I don't know what kind of, like, take they're doing on it. Like, if if he's going to dress up like an Igor character, if he's going to be, like, still a cool young guy. Well, no, they're probably going to go the route... Um, I don't know if you guys have read this fanfic, but there's a a fan fiction where it's Dr. Frankenstein taking place in the Harry Potter universe, and then Harry Potter plays his assistant. Okay, I I I thought you were going somewhere with this. No, but the the other exciting thing is um, the the director who did Lucky Number 11. Yes, great movie. He's going to be directing this. Lucky Number 11 was so much fun. And the script is actually being worked on by the guy that wrote Chronicle. Oh, nice. So, so nice. is it going to be? Wh- what's the tone going to be? I, I mean, it, I don't think there's anything out. There romantic yet. Just, comedy. Just names are getting attached to it. Is it? Is all interesting? Because they've already done. They they've already done. You know, the very true to the Mary Shelley story with yeah. uh, the '90s Frankenstein with De Niro. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I don't think they'd go totally that route again. I and well, from the sounds of it, it's going to be a little over the top, maybe. Yeah, um, uh, let's see, this dude, oh, what's this guy, Landis? Oh, oh, okay, Max Landis, who did Chronicle. Um, so the, the, the guy, Max Landis from Chronicle, who's working on the script, is quoted in 2011 as saying, he began to pick apart the knowledge of Frankenstein and discovered that the public's idea of the myth comes from a million different places. So I became committed to recontextualizing it all so it all worked into one story. Huh. Which, like, combines Frankenstein, like, the the green dude with bolts in his neck. Right. That's like, right. villagers. Yeah, yeah. You know? The and classic also, universal also, monster and, flick. Right. And then there's also, like, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the movie that already was made, that which is a little bit closer to the book, where it's, like, the actual monster is, like, and he's like intelligent, tort- you know, intelligent, and, and, and yeah. also he's like Vengeful. a tortured soul, yeah, right? Tortured, yeah. The, and the and and Victor von Frankenstein himself is tortured because he's like creating life, and he, you know, all the stuff, and he has like all these ethical dilemmas right. constantly. I mean, the book is really not very exciting. It's very much an ethical. It's more of a it's psychological thriller right. than horror, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of just like him talking about like what he's doing and yeah it's like whenever anyone dies he just sees the aftermath of it and he's just like no what hath i wrought upon this world 
Yeah, they should totally set this in the the distant future. Uh, Frankenstein X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tied into Jason X. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the worst and idea Dracula ever. Dracula X. I, I think oh. we're all ready and willing for a cyberpunk Frankenstein story. Oh, God. All right, what was that one called? Dracula two was that Dracula two thousand. <laughs> the movie best. The movie was uh well I'm trying to think if I saw that one now that I think about it. I might be getting it mixed up with No, I'm getting that mixed up with a third blade movie, never mind. <laughs> You're like, no, that was actually really good. Uh no. no I, I don't know. I d I don't think I've seen Dracula two thousand. My wife says it's okay. So Nice. All right. Well, uh the only piece of news that I have Always got to have the last word in here. Hey, I'm just, I'm just <sighs> super excited about this. So, rumor has it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. The worst song. I don't even know what song you guys are talking uh, about. It's Adele. Uh, excuse me. Are you not a true Adele fan? Who the hell is Adele? You know when <laughs> Adele. <laughs> okay, seriously? I, I said a- five. I she could did not the new Bond song. Yeah. Oh. Skyfall. That shit. Yes. And James Bond. You guys are doing any, any justice. I got Nasca, bitches. Yeah, she totally did. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I have heard one Adele song. That one, just because you watch movies. Yep. I, you've never heard that Set Fire to the Rain song. And I'll nope. Set Fire <laughs> to the Rain. That's if you've ever been to karaoke, you, you would have heard five this Adele songs 50 tonight. times <laughs> from uh, every girl doing karaoke. I um, if if it's if it's not on my uh, Spotify list, then oh, no, I should, haven't heard. You should it. really add an Adele station to your Spotify. I'll I'll see what I can do. I'm sure anyway, I'm sure that's going to be quality. He'll see, he'll see what he can do. It's like it's, <laughs> I'll see what mm, I, can. I don't know. <laughs> I can't do it. It won't let me do it. <laughs> it won't let me. <laughs> Couldn't bring myself. But um, no. Back to the original point I was making, <laughs> which has nothing to do with Adele. Absolutely not. So apparently, Van Damme's classic 1988 Bloodsport mm. is getting a reboot. Nice. Now I love Bloodsport. It's such a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much fun. Um, I my childhood is like is molded by that roundhouse kick. I yes, mean, that that yes. is my childhood. It's just like for trying to do it off a couch. Yep, like yep, falling. Yep. <laughs> now correct me if I'm wrong. Bloodsport is that it's also? Molded, it's molded your life in many ways. One being that you have a crippling oh, leg. Oh yeah, all my legs leg are problem. broken completely. Yeah. <laughs> my ankles are just shattered remains. And if, I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Bloodsport also has a scene that has been uh, forever uh, put into internet history with a gif of Van Damme trying to dance with two women, and he's coked out of his mind. And it's just they just repeat his incredible silly dance there's moves a, that he does. There's a bunch of gifts from Bloodsport that yeah, are pretty him and, yeah, yeah, that just guy like just the screaming. Rage, the rage yep. happening. Yep. Yeah. I've seen that oh. so many times. So um, do they have anyone in mind to play Van Damme's character? Oh, you know the Van Damme's going to have to play himself. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> why. Because it needs to happen. Matt, okay, no. if, if we're going to do, think about it. Just it says it here. It says here. No, there's no, uh, no cast has been picked up. Um, they they don't even have a script nailed down yet. 
Uh, so did the first one have a script nailed down? Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> they were just like, they were, just get them in a area and yeah. take their shirts off. They had a, yeah, they had about okay. like three quarters of the movie done, and they were like, ah, let's just we're good. Okay, uh, Van Damme here. Listen, um, Van Damme, listen. Well, he's gonna throw powder in your eyes because <laughs> he's gonna throw powder in your eyes. Just uh, pretend you're blind. That's fine. We'll do it all in slow motion. It'll be great. Just improv it. So just cover him with a lot of water and sweat. Yep, yep, it'll oil. be fine. It'll be good. No, I, I guess I, I do like Bloodsport. In fact, I think tonight I'm gonna go home and watch Bloodsport. <laughs> I think it's on. It's Aww. A, so glad you inspired yourself. That's right. All right. Well, that that's that's what I got. So let's move on to uh, move on to some trailers here. So we the, haven't talked about Elysium yet. <laughs> what are you, you guys talking excited about? about? We we did talk about Elysium. I know. I just try to bring it up all the time. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, we Part saw of the movie came out months ago. <laughs> the one with I'm Tom excited Cruise. about Pacific yeah, Rim. Yeah, the oh, one with Tom, Tom oh, Cruise. Remember what I said? <laughs> you got that mixed up. It was okay. It was you guys all right. like, I'm like, why are you guys hating on that movie? It's okay. So, all right. <laughs> Moving on to trailers. Yeah, let's move right on to them. Uh, we saw a trailer for a new movie coming out, 47 Ronin. Starring renowned Japanese actor <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Oh, he Keanu. Got, he got cast in this. I heard because he know kung fu. <laughs> I know kung fu. I know kung fu. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, uh, you do? You do? Fantastic!" You're signed right up. Please be the head Ronin. Okay, I, I want to know: Is he actually is one of Keanu's parents Asian? I have no idea. I don't think so. Uh, I'm looking this up right now. Okay. Well, this movie is uh, set to come out on Christmas. He's from uh, Canada. This year. And, uh, hmm. No, I think it's just British and Canadian. Yeah, I didn't th- I didn't think his family was okay. Asian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, the IMDb uh, has it listed here. A band of samurai set out to avenge the death and dishonor of their master at the hands of a ruthless shogun. Okay. His Keanu's mother was English and his father was a Hawaiian born American ah, yes. of oh. native Hawaiian, English, Irish, Portuguese, <laughs> and Chinese descent. And somehow in all that he has unofficially become uh, Japanese. All right. A half Japanese American. Because he's been in so many He's been the last samurai. He's been the Matrix, which is basically an American. I don't like, wait, you, no, wait, no, he Tom was not. Cruise. That's Tom Cruise. Oh, that's Tom Cruise. Never mind. <laughs> Exit the critic. We'll have a new. Uh, here you go, oh, Michael. Oh man, I can't believe Matt thought that Keanu Reeves was in the last samurai. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is in Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is way better of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's let's not let's not go too. Now I I like I like Keanu Reeves when you put him in the correct role. Uh, usually he needs to be confused. Right. That's why he works so well in the Matrix when he's just walking around going, "Whoa!" Um, you know, hey, let's. He face was it. amazing in Constantine. Uh, Constantine was great. Yeah, Constantine, yeah. Was, Constantine good. was great. Constantine's a really I guess movie. I guess I well, I guess I should rephrase that. That I like the movie so much. Maybe somebody else could have played that character. Oh yeah, he didn't really. Yeah. I guess he didn't do too much. But at the same time, he was good. That movie, that movie was great. Uh, he's he's fantastic in Point Break. Um, uh, yeah, well, I don't think anybody's denying that. 
or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, no. no one's denying no, that, that those, those are masterpieces. I don't know how he's going to fare being a samurai. Like, Chris, he knows confusing. kung fu. Come on, man. <laughs> We've established this. No, yeah, it's gonna be definitely. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it it does make if they make this movie with a Japanese actor, it doesn't get as much traction in right. America. Like you know, like as sad as right. it's like it's just not gonna get. As big of a release as if they get a huge name American actor. Yeah. They did get uh, one of the guys from The Last Samurai. The <laughs> the samurai who just beat the ever-loving piss out of Tom Cruise, like, constantly. Yeah, he's in this. <laughs> That's um, good. He'll probably beat the ever-loving piss out of... Probably. So, my thing is... Now, I know, Parker, I'm not sure if you've seen 13 Assassins. I have not. I need. I really need to it's see so that. It's so good. We'll, yeah. we'll have to watch it sometime. It's so good. And this seems like it's a very similar concept to 13 Assassins, just by reading the, the description here, except there's 47 of well, them. Well, and isn't... Thir- now, 47 Ronin is is something that actually happened. The Revenge of the 47 Ronin is part of Japanese history, where um, these 47 warriors, uh, they're... Shogun was killed, and they just went on a rampage and took revenge on him. Uh, okay. And then I think they, I think they all committed suicide. But um, I think as, this is as a is loose, tradition. Yeah, I think this is a loose. If you don't have a samurai movie that has at least like four ritual suicides, it's yeah, not you're, a you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, this has to be a loosely thing because if you look, if if I'm not mistaken, in the trailer, there's some kind of like ogre thing that he's fighting. <laughs> Like yeah, this this looks like it's like a super um, like oh, stylized, super stylized, super uh, fantasized version of yes. 40, the Forty Seven yeah. Ronin story. Very similar to like uh, the the Three Hundred, right? Uh, right. Although I'm not sure what the storyline of Keanu Reeves' character being cast out has anything to do with the actual Forty Seven Ronin story. I don't, I don't think there's no anything idea. like that even in the. However, story. we're gonna be excited because Rinku Kikuchi. From Pacific Rim. And she oh, is adorable. Mako. Snap. She is adorable she and is. awesome. Yes, 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 so she is. So that will be awesome. Gosh, she was so good in Pacific Rim. Let's just talk yes. about Pacific Rim. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweet. That's, that's yeah, this, great. Yeah, this movie looks kind of bonkers. It, it, it looks, looks all over the place. It, it looks not as cheesy, but as ridiculous as... Uh, the serpent and the white snake, which we reviewed, like right. there's there's yeah. as much ridiculous stuff going on in this trailer. And again, comparing it to Thirteen Assassins, the the fight scene at the end of Thirteen Assassins is just so amazing mm-hmm. and ridiculous. And I I mean I wouldn't call it over the top because n- like pretty much what everyone is doing, you could see a normal human being doing. It's just on this grand scale, and it. It's like a 25-minute fight scene. I I just don't think that this film is going to be able to bring anything new to the table of the the samurai film. You know, eh, stuff it might that hasn't not, been but done. But it, it, you know, it could still be. Pretty I mean, hey, I'm, I'm I'd be more than happy if it surprised me. I'm just I'm going in with very low. Expectations. It just it just looks ridiculous. Like I don't know if that means it's going to be good or bad, but it looks ridiculous. Ah, it's going to be like sucker punch. It's going to be real good. <laughs> Don't get me started on sucker. Punch. So, <clears throat> another 
Pacific Rim gem. <laughs> That's all I'm doing is looking up Pacific Rim stuff while we're talking about 47 Ronin. <laughs> good, good to know young, your head's in the game. <laughs> it's sort of based on 47 Ronin because young Mako yeah. has been in 19 other things besides Pacific Rim. And she's like, like she's like that 10. young, and and it goes like Pacific Rim twenty thirteen goes it goes so it goes back three years. So she was like three years old when she started her career. Wow, she's probably like six. I mean, she looked like she was six. Or yeah, something. yeah, okay, Did, yeah. Now was she in the Japanese film industry? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like there, a lot of these things, like um, and the, like a lot of them are TV series. But she was in like eleven or ten or eleven episodes of like some series called Mother in twenty ten, which she would have been like three years old. And let me tell you, that girl so knows... She's going to have, like, a huge career ahead of her if she continues on. Like, that, that, that girl knows how to portray being absolutely horrified. And, I, then, and then complete admiration. Like, both, like both things she nailed perfectly. Without, like, any, without so, any lines. She looks so scared. And then when she's looking at Idris Elba standing on top of the Jaeger, she's just like... Savior. So beautiful. Like she's like so happy, and you're like, yes. wow. Well, let's see you try to tie this into uh, <laughs> Pacific That's Rim. The next trailer. A single shot. The tragic death of a beautiful young girl starts a tense and atmospheric game of cat and mouse between hunter John Moon and the hardened backwater criminals after his blood. John Moon is played by Sam Rockwell. That's right. Who is awesome. This movie this movie stars uh Sam Rockwell, William H. Macy, Ted Turtle Levine. I gotta say Turtle Levine like he's uh in uh Sansa Lambs. <laughs> oh, I love Ted Levine, he's so great. Uh who else is in this of note? Not too many other big names that I can see. Oh, I but I you know what? All you need is Sam Rockwell. Oh and William yeah. H. Macy. And, well yeah William, William H. Macy, Macy hasn't been a lot lately so it'll be good to see him what what i love is the the trailer this is normally we see sam rockwell in a lot of comedies or just silly roles where he's just kind of wacky no i'm saying in 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 like bigger films like not not independent films when he rocks at the independent film this this, i think is independent did this yeah this is um When he does independent stuff, then he then then we see a more serious uh, Sam Rockwell, and I just I love the fact that he's such a versatile actor that he can be yeah. he can be silly like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right. but then he does stuff like Moon or this where there like there's no laughs, there's nothing right. silly, and it's just just him doing pure drama. Uh, did anybody see Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? That's like an early one of his. I didn't play like have not. He plays like um, Chuck Barris, who's like oh. was like rumored is like an actual dude who was uh, uh, t- t- TV star that mm-hmm. was rumored to also be a spy, but no one ever confirmed that. But it was like his cover was international or like not internet, but like famous television star from America ah. was his cover, and like no one ever confirmed or denied it. So they made like kind of a fake biopic about oh. him but um yeah he was amazing his, that. that was like one of his uh his, my favorite role of his was uh when he plays the kid who offers the other kids cigarettes in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes the original yep 
Very nice. You see, you see a uh, young, I'd say thirteen, maybe fourteen year old Sam Rockwell, <laughs> who's like, "Do you have any cigarettes? Menthol or regular?" Yeah, that's the thing. He has them like all like in his, he's like cartons, cartons in, in his, his like, jacket, yep. in his like overcoat. Yep. Also, his name is 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 credit for that movie is Head Thug. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie. So many times, and then one day I was just watching it with Melissa. We were like, let's just watch a movie we've seen a million times so we don't have to like pay super close attention to it. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like playing on my phone, and I look up, and I'm like, holy crap, it's Sam Rockwell. I really want to see a movie where they somehow like digitally remaster his char- uh, Sam Rockwell's character from that and Paul Rudd's character from the like 1992 <laughs> Super NES commercial. Yes. And just have them yes. doing playing F-Zero. Yeah. Hey, can great. you want some cigarettes? I don't have time for that. I'm doing awesome stuff. Oh. Um, the, we, what we need to find is the ABC after school special Over the Limit. High school student debates high school student debates whether to come forward about the facts of a drunk driving accident that turned tragic, starring Sam Rockwell as Jason. This is before Teenage Mutant Ninja Really? Turtles. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I don't even know how old he is. Ugh. We got to find that movie that, that's got. Yeah, that has to be some. Yeah, well, I'm sure. We'll, we'll, we'll just put Michael on it. I'm sure he can find it for us. Um. So <laughs> I don't even know if we want to talk about the movie. <laughs> just going on about I mean, how awesome the, Sam Rockwell be, is. To be fair, the the trailer does not give much away. No, uh, it's just sort of little, sh- extremely short like vignettes yeah. and, and pieces of scenes. But it's nice to see like William H Macy when he wants to be is just so just disturbing mm-hmm. and sinister, um, and that's just great. <laughs> Look, like I'm a bi- I really man, like William H Macy. His, his current ID, IMDb pick, which I don't know how recent that is, he has like long, scraggly hair. I think that and was a for mustache. when he re- uh, yeah that was for when he did oh what was that movie the oh. sessions when he was in the sessions um, he played like a, a Catholic father um, but it was like during the seventies I think or he also. But he, he had also, long hair in that. He, he also uh, has uh, that get up in Shameless. Yes. Um, which came out in 2011. So he's been rocking that, that do for a couple things. I think he just likes it, which he should not because it makes him look, look totally look really, insane. Really, yeah, he looks. But it's fine. We'll give you a pass. So. But yeah, that that will likely be good. It has already what 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 awards has it already taken? Uh, it won, if I'm not mistaken, it won something for Cannes. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking it up now. Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, I'm not sure what film festival that is. I can't yeah, see I can't see it from the poster. <laughs> that's all it has. It shown there. It just won some 2013 uh, film festival. Tribeca. Tribeca is that, okay. Yeah, there it yeah. is. Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, it's it's making the 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 festival circuit now, and it's probably going to get a limited release, and then um, you know, direct you know, streaming release. But it looks uh, looks pretty good. It looks pretty intense. Yeah, it looks really intense. So, reminds me of that. Uh, there's another movie coming out that has it set is set like either in the Midwest or the Deep South. Um, that's also like. It's a very similar tone with uh, Christian Bale. Oh, okay. It's that one called? I'm not sure. Why don't you look that up? Out of the Furnace. Out, Out of the of Furnace. Out of the Furnace. Yeah. Christian Bale, he's playing uh, 
I believe it takes place in the South with Woody Harrelson. And it's like all about his uh, older brother mysteriously disappears and he's going to go find him or take revenge or whatever. So it seems like a pretty similar theme and tone. Hmm. It's one of those movie dualities. There's so many of them. There's often like a movie with a somewhat unique take on something and then there's another movie that just so happens to be coming out at around the same time. So we'll just have to figure out which one's better. (laughs) All right. So uh, eBay has none of the copies of the after school special with Sam Rockwell, but they do have a clipped advertisement out of a magazine for it. Somebody really? is, Why? I don't know. It says, Who's it said, that? over the limit, after school special. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Ad. And it's literally like a piece of paper. <laughs> like somebody would want an ad for it. Who is no. enough of a Sam Rockwell like groupie to be like, oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, I I'll make a dress that. out of them. I want to get that just <laughs> to bring it to some event that he's at and be like, would you sign this? And he'd be like, what? Yes. That would be that would be wonderful. <laughs> Please sign this. It's your it's your greatest work. Really? Well, shit. <laughs> I've Do you done, seriously think that? I've done quite a bit. At, like I have a, a a wide library of works. It's a huge body of work. And what? you like my after school special? No, seriously, you were wonderful in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on, shall we? To the main event. That's right. We saw. The Conjuring. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. Starring Vera Farmiga. Sure. Patrick Wilson. Lily Taylor. Ron Livingston. And a whole bunch of kids. And a whole bunch of other people. Ron Livingston, Um, uh, I immediately recognized him. He is in uh, Super 8. Yes. Plays the dad in Super 8. And then Patrick Wilson's been in a bunch of stuff. He was too. in uh, The Watchmen. Yeah, he played uh, Night Owl, right? Yes, he did in The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in uh, Prometheus. Yes, he was in Prometheus. Wait, yeah. was he in Prometheus? Yeah, it says Prometheus. Was he in Prometheus? Shaw's father. Oh, what? No, I don't what? No. That that's that's entirely wrong, sir. No, it's uh, it. Says Prometheus, Shaw's father. Really? Yeah, Patrick Wilson. I must have clocked out. Yeah, I don't thought on that movie. I I don't remember him. I don't remember that at all. Uh, This movie is directed by James Wan, uh, probably most notable director from the original Saw and Insidious. Insidious, which Patrick Wilson was also in. Yes. So let's just uh, let's get into it. Matt, what did you think of The Conjuring? Yo, dog, why you always got to make me go first? I want to hear what you think first, and then I'll gauge my reactions, son. All right, fine. No, I'll no, no, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. It's fine. All right, lay it on It's me. It's my role. I got to know my role. Uh, no, I I was extremely pleased with this movie. Extremely pleased. I thought it touched on all the right uh, vintage horror tropes and atmospheres. It almost reminded me of a tribute slash mashup of uh, The Exorcist at times and Poltergeist at times. And uh, 
it it pays tribute to some of the older uh, like seventies era horror films, but without being so entrenched in that in that tribute and that sense of uh, sense of you know paying respect without being like you know corny or outdated. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of a seventies feel down to the um. Like even the title sequences, mm-hmm. they they do something in horror films, which I was surprised seeing. Uh, which they just have like typed, where you got to read it, mm-hmm. um, which they don't do very often. And it has that off yellow hit, uh, hue to it, which is was really big in the seventies yep. uh, and eighties, and they don't they don't do that very much anymore. Um, and and another thing that I liked about it is that it does veer from the uh traditional haunted house story and i don't want to give too much away but it brings elements of the the haunt the things that are haunting the house into reality in a way that maybe some of these other stories might not and sometimes in a very shocking way Mm. um i guess it's not giving away too much there there's a certain point throughout the film where you start seeing what some of these characters are actually seeing in regards right, to these yeah. ghosts and demonic mm. presences. And it's very shocking the first time it happens. I, I was not prepared for, for it <laughs> at all. Now, this movie is one of those films that claims in the very beginning based on a true story, which always annoys me until I went online and realized that, it yes, is. indeed, this is based on a true account. Yeah. Um, the The... Two main characters, uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera, whatever her name is. <laughs> they, uh, um, they play Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were uh, paranormal investigators in the 70s and claimed to be on a case uh, where these things happened. Um, so I found that very interesting. Um, now... Let me go down the things that, you know, what I liked about this film and what I didn't like about this film. Sure. Uh, first thing, right out of the gate, I thought the direction was very good. I thought the director did a fantastic job. Um, and I thought the cinematography was really good. I was actually blown away at some of the very, very complicated shots they were pulling off. Uh, at one point, he pulls off a like a dolly shot that is almost reminiscent of something like Scorsese would have done back in the 80s. Like it's very like a like a nonstop shot where he's going from room to room and it's no cuts. And I know nowadays you can digitally cut Piece that in together, there, yeah. but it's still a really it's a really impressive shot. It looks really good. And it as lo- far yeah, and as far as the filming goes, there's again a lot of nods to so uh, there's mm. there, there there was I remember distinctly there was a a zoom in shot uh, towards the very beginning to a mm-hmm. character that's outside that just kind of builds tension. And it's very reminiscent of something that was done in the seventies and eighties that you really don't mm-hmm. see anymore because right. it's kind of tedious, I feel like, but it's also, you know, if you're in the right frame of mind, it does kind of build tension right. and just those little things that, that you don't normally see in modern horror films. Now the downside of this film, I didn't find it that scary. 
to you be didn't? completely I honest. It, I thought it was pretty terrifying. There, um there were some there were some tense moments. Um there were some some parts of the film that did build a fair amount of suspense. Like it did succeed on that front. Um but I felt the payoff at times was lacking. Um the the one scene that we had talked about at great length when we first talked about this trailer, the the uh, when the family is playing Clapping. this hide and go clap. The mother, yeah, the mother and her yeah, young daughter. The, the mother is uh, blindfolded, spun around, and the daughter goes and hides, and she has three claps to find her, and and then you know you see these hands come out, and, and it, it becomes the, you know it's not actually the daughter, and you know it kind of freaks everybody out. That scene still really effective, really good. Um, part of the problem, I think, for my experience with this film was the theater in which I saw it in. Um, this is a case in, for me personally, this was a case in point where uh, a theater crowd can ruin a film. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like the opposite of the heat. I was the oldest person in this theater by a good 10 years. Um, it was a lot of 18, 9, 19 year olds. And so I had to endure a lot of talking, uh, a lot of texting. And it seems like they they, they went, and, and none of this is the movie's fault, obviously, but it seems like the crowd that I saw it with was expecting something like the Paranormal Activity movies where it's going to be a whole lot of not much happening and you don't have to pay attention. And then it gets really quiet and then everyone starts paying attention to it. Yeah. So that really, really broke the mood uh for me and and this is very i mean it does have some jump out scares in it and i find jump scares to be cheap but overall i would say it is pretty atmospheric no it's horror in 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 its in its uh defense yes there are some jump scares yes they are cheap and easy however it holds back a lot of the time and a lot of the scares are like you said, atmosphere at, and atmospheric, and really or just, just performance based. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the more frightening scenes in the movie is there's two daughters, two of the daughters in the, in, are in, the in their bedroom together, yes. and the one daughter totally sells just being absolutely, absolutely terrified. Horrified. And yeah. you're not really shown anything in that scene. No, whatsoever. you're just seeing the reaction to what she thinks she's seeing or is seeing or and, is seeing, and that. That's good. Yeah, that was, I really, I did enjoy that. That scene. was a that was a really effective scene. And yeah, it, you know, hearkening back to some of these older films, they, you know, a lot of uh, a big reason why people are so sort of bitter about mar- modern horror is because they do rely more on building, but then like one ending sequence of payoff, or just a bunch of like quick scares, and then yeah. the rest doesn't really yeah. matter. In a lot of older horror films, you actually did need to really invest yourself into the mm-hmm. film yeah. in order to be taken in and then scared. If you look at some of the scariest films, in in, in, in my opinion, some of the scariest films came out of the 70s. You had The Shining. You had Halloween. Um, and what was nice about both of those films in particular is there's Especially with Halloween, because they just didn't have the money for it. Almost no gore. Mm-hmm. Um, the kills are almost always shown off screen, and the 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 what makes it scary is you are seeing something that the main character isn't, and you're kind of that building of suspense. Like, oh my god, are they going to get away? Something yeah. like that. 
Um, the Shining does have some gore in it, mainly the elevator of blood. Um, but what makes The Shining scary, again, is the atmosphere and the setup and the set piece of that giant hotel and the feeling of isolation. Yeah. This movie has that feeling of isolation, but they don't really pay, it doesn't really pay off as well as I hoped it would because they're in that house in the middle of damn nowhere. Um, and the 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 basement scene or set of 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 the basement where a lot of the the stuff goes down mm-hmm. that's pretty scary now unfortunately again not the movie's fault towards the end no spoilers but towards the end an event happens um that i found was really well done um moving uh, you know, emotionally, um, and the theater I saw it in erupted in laughter. Hmm. Yeah, it was just again. I th- I think I just I picked the wrong time to see this movie. <laughs> this yeah. movie probably would have been more effective for me. I probably would have liked it more if I saw it at home by myself, lights off. You know, yeah. setting the atmosphere myself. Our, our audience was actually pretty quiet in general, which I I at first thought was going to negatively effect for me because mm-hmm. i like when i'm seeing a horror movies like i like seeing them with people so i can feed off yeah, other people's yeah, reactions yeah. and usually. that's normally how i like it too uh but our crowd was pretty quiet what would usually happen after a scare would be uh, these were all probably people that were used to and it seemed like this was the case just by looking around people that were pretty used to seeing horror films these weren't just people lollygagging around just to see whatever right. was in theaters so the most reaction that that most of the scenes would get would be like sort of an exhalation of laughter after the fact, not not laughing not, at the movie at the, itself, but laughing at the fact that something scary had scared happened. the crap out of yeah, them. Right, yeah, yeah, which is how I often react to horror movies as well. Well, you reacted that same way when we saw the trailer. Yeah, and it's that scene, that real tense scene, and she's really quiet, and then all of a sudden the hand clap, and you just went, ha, 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 crap. Right, right. <laughs> That that's usually like that's a best case scenario for me with horror is like I, I I will be legitimately frightened by something and I'll just laugh that like something scared me. It's just a stress reaction. Yeah. Like, oh, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I know that I'm not in danger, so, so I'm going to laugh. So that was actually good for me. Um even though it was a little bit quieter, the fact that I would get those like like minded reactions right. throughout the movie made me appreciate it more. And it, yeah, with horror, just as much as comedy, maybe even more so, your crowd can really affect your experience. Um, now, I am glad that there, because there, there, there is a slight, you know, tidbit of news uh, involved with this movie as far as how it was rated that I found out after I saw the movie. And I'm glad I found it out after I saw the movie because it would have made, you know, I would have felt like it built it up too much. But apparently, this film is rated R for no particular reason other than it's too scary. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest BS I've ever heard. Exactly. Because, yeah, without giving anything away, there is really no gore in this there movie. Is, there you, is you very little, very, very little gore. The, the most There's you see... There's some blood. Yeah, the most you see is a little bit of blood, and you see hung bodies... Occasionally, occasionally, but then you Very don't quickly. see. Yeah, but they're not grotesque. No, no. There's something. I mean, I've seen worse on basic cable. <laughs> y- yeah, um, and there's there's no foul language that I remember. If it is, it's very fleeting. I can't think of a single. I, 
I really can't. Well, I can't I think mean, of a single one. The, the family again, wouldn't because they're all young girls, yep, and yep. their dad who wouldn't swear around them. Uh, the the, cop, the Warrens maybe, were more like very professional, the, and they're maybe religious. The, yeah, so maybe the cop. I guess. I don't so, know. But I honestly don't think there was a single bad word in this entire movie. You I could can't have remember. rated this PG-13. But then again, you have stuff like, um, like, uh, oh, what was that film? The the girl crawling out of the TV. The Ring. The Ring. That was PG-13. Right. The, that, the American release was PG-13. Yeah. It, it's a very disturbing thing that the MPAA feels it's fit to judge what is too scary yeah, that's a it. bunch of crap. That that that's you when you go down that road and you start rating things just according to thematic elements. This is right. also what happened to uh, Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine was rated R predominantly because of adult themes and uh, you know very, a very nebulous concept. Yeah, and it's like you. How are you doing that? At least with traditionally the rating system is based on a set of rules right which it's like okay this is what we need to get our film rated pg-13 yeah this is why it's rated r etc when you go into this gray territory where it's just people judging things and saying like that's too the themes in that are too adult it's like well okay are we gonna rate ender's game you know r or pg-13 because there's adult themes yeah yeah that's then that that bothers me simply because like you really affect a movie's ability to make money mm-hmm. when you slap an R rating on it. Yeah. Uh, because then you're flat out saying, like, hey, here's an entire demographic that isn't that probably isn't going to see this movie. Demographic that traditionally does make a lot, a of, lot money of money. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah. That's why most most films really gun for the PG-13 rating. Um, and I, I just I could not understand why this was rated R. And to, again, for for the idea that it's too scary, I've seen so many. Look at PG rated films in the eighties. Yeah. Look at Poltergeist. That movie is terrifying, and it's PG. PG. <laughs> yep. So I just I just well, think it's it's it's, it's a tr- like, it's a trumped up thing. That just it it shouldn't be. Terror is so subjective and Absolutely. and contextual anyway. Like, there's a scene in Toy Story three that's terrifying. There is a scene in Toy Story 3 where I was legitimately, in a, at least in a sense, like pretty frightened of what was going to happen because the, there was the, so much dread. Yes, when they're the, falling yep, into the, the incinerator. incinerator. Yep, yep, yep. That scene is legit tense and terrifying, and that is and an G-rated film. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. How do you? It's it's just dumb. Yeah. Hopefully this will not be a trend. No. The, 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 I've done some research, not as much as I would like to have but i've done some research on the ratings board and stuff like that and it's it's so bogus anyway it's yeah. a bunch of crap it's just it's all bureaucracy and yeah. and politics so. uh fortunately the movie has done well financially um yeah so it's good that that really didn't hurt it too much so but no i mean i i i thought it was okay not great it didn't there, there wasn't anything that like really blew me out of the water like i said other than the camera work which i just loved um the acting was good can't be uh, at times at certain and right, times and rightfully uh, yeah, so. yeah yeah certain times the uh the particular uh character that's just really campy I, I don't know the character's name but he's the he's the cop the sheriff yeah yeah uh he is really campy at times. 
Um, There's definitely some grown worthy lines spread throughout, but yeah, that yeah. would be my that would be my main complaint. It almost for how scary that I th- I thought it was a pretty frightening movie, but for how frightening it is, it it gets offset at times by these like little G whiz like yeah yeah oh that was that pieces was, of dialogue that was um, cute. And and I would also say that one thing that hurts its overall terror is the fact that it, it in essence, is still a pretty light-hearted movie. Uh, ov- overall, like thematically, like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's a very much good versus evil, good wins out, like right, you know, without yeah. you know, without giving too much away. But it, it's that kind of movie, and sometimes that can work. But a lot of times, in order for a movie to be really effectively frightening in the end, like you need to have like a darker tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the movie does end shockingly lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, um, I, know. I I still thought it was pretty scary. I had a number of of scenes and times where I was jumping a little bit. It's not the scariest movie I've ever seen by any stretch. It's not even the scariest movie that I've seen in the past year. That would go to um, Spanish-made um, horror film, found footage film, Atrocious, which I saw in the fall on Netflix. That was one of the scariest movies you've seen this this year? Was Atrocious? Probably the scariest movie that I've seen this year, yes. Oh, oh my. You didn't think it was frightening? I, I was so, so bored. Come on! I that last hated. third in the labyrinth. I hated. that shit is bananas. No, I. It's I so could frightening. Not, I could not disagree with you more. I hated. Oh, atrocious. come on! I thought it was. I thought it was dull, and boring. it's a little slowish. It's slow, a little slow. It's it, not. The, you could have cut that happening. movie. You could have cut that movie to be half an hour long. It's already only like an hour and 20 minutes. I know, and it still felt like an eternity. I no, was so bored in the, that film. Let me tell you, a good horror movie is one that actually makes you uncomfortable in your own home. And that movie didn't do and it And that to me. movie, that movie made me uncomfortable. No, like, I agree I, I will agree with you. For me, a good a good horror film will make me go, "Yeah, I'm not going in my basement tonight." I'm not and, um, going outside my room to get anything. Yeah, that's a good a good horror film is when I'm just going to after I turn off the TV, I'm like, "Well, I have to get up off my couch, turn the light on, and that's not happening." Yeah. I'm just going to fall asleep and hope yep, I don't die. Yep. No, I I did not okay. like now that was during my. I watched a bunch of found footage films all oh, at okay. once. I watched Paranormal Activity one and two. I watched Atrocious. Um, I watched. Um, I don't know how it's pronounced in in. It's it, it was the the original version of Quarantine. Uh, Wreck. Wreck. Yeah, I watched Wreck. What did you think of Wreck? Oh, Wreck was great. I loved Wreck. Maybe that's why, because I watched Wreck, and then, like, like literally, I did, like, a double feature in my own house where I watched Wreck and then went right to Atrocious. Mm. And Wreck was phenomenal. Yeah, I still haven't seen Wreck. Oh, I've my God. Quarantine. Yeah, you so. need to see Wreck. Yeah. It is so good. Uh, I guess I guess part of the reason I don't want to dwell so much on atrocious when we're reviewing the conjuring. But one oh, of no, the, no, no, no. We're dwelling, sir. We're one of the big dwelling. reasons one of the well, big reasons being I, I was scared by it is is because I expected it to be not scary at all. Because I, up until that point there's not much like found footage horror that, that did anything for me really that much. Right, um right. I thought, you know, quarantine was okay. 
and I don't know what are some of the big ones. We got obviously Blair Witch. Blair Witch did nothing for me. See Blair Witch, I I, I saw at the right time at the right like yeah B- Blair Witch was too late for me because I it, when did you see Blair Witch like years after the fact. Oh, okay, yeah, see, I saw it, like... After it had been built up to be this cult classic, and I was just like, this really isn't... I saw it, like, right when it came to DVD is when I saw Blair Witch. Gotcha. I'm trying to think what else. Obviously, you have the... uh, We were talking about Wreck. um, Paranormal Activity, which works for... like. Don't care about Paranormal Activity. See, the Paranormal Activities scare the crap out of me because of the... um, shock you know the big loud noise and the yeah. now if they're cheap like and i don't mean just cheap to make but i mean like it's a cheap scare like any schmuck can write that kind of crap right um but it's eh, still effective um but boring like it's again just cheap and boring well, and, and it's easy. so much build up it's like oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, much yeah. build up for like the last five minutes exactly which i guess atrocious kind of does too in a um, sense but no, I think it's just because Sea Wreck, Wreck is not the greatest found footage film, but it's really good. Um, especially when well, you've seen Quarantine, I've never seen Quarantine. So Quarantine's pretty scary. Yeah, Re- but I've Wreck heard is, that Wreck is scarier. Re- Wreck is really like I was shocked how scared I was by the end. Again, that was the thing where after the I think that's why I went right to atrocious. I'm like I gotta I can't sleep. <laughs> Time to watch. Something All right, else. gotta watch something else that might scare me. So, but anyway, um, back to the Conjuring. I think it's a good horror film, perfectly adequate horror film, and I think part of the reason that it's getting such rave reviews is it's been a while since we've done an adequate horror film. That's true. So maybe it's, it's just like yes, spell. it's been yes. a dry spell. It's. Okay. Well, let me ask you this before we do our ratings. What's the what's the uh, best new-ish horror movie that oh, you've seen in the past boy. year? Because in uh, the past atro- year, atrocious, atrocious was from 2011 or 12, I think. Something so. like that. So something in that range. Um, I can't remember exactly when it came out. It has been in the last two years, I believe. Uh, House of the Devil. Ah, that is good. I. Love that movie. Didn't scare me a whole whole lot though. It was see, tense. That, that movie, maybe that C for me, just really tense. It's tense. Um, I also really enjoyed, although not as much as House of the Devil. I enjoyed uh, the Innkeepers from the same director okay. um, of House of the Devil. Um, the Innkeepers. The Innkeepers has like the whole movie itself is not terrifying. Um, however, there are specific scenes that were really scary, um, okay. and they were shockingly easy to do. Like it didn't require a whole lot of camera tricks; just some some. Is lighting. that after or before House of the Devil? House of the Devil is two thousand nine. Innkeepers is two thousand eleven. Okay, I'll have to watch um, that because I, I did enjoy House of the Devil. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw House of the Devil first, and I was blown away. I was like, "Damn, that's good! I loved it." Um, innkeepers not as good, but there are some really, really scary scenes. Uh, there's a specific scene where it's like a normal horror movie would cut at this point, and this movie's still going, <laughs> mm. and it's like it gets it keeps keeps getting scarier. Um, cool. See, so yeah, I thoroughly recommend both of those films. Well, there you go. 
So, but uh, so yeah, see, let's see atrocious if you ever agree with me more than Chris, <laughs> and see the innkeepers regardless. But all right, let's uh, let's let's slap a rating slap on this a rating baby. on Conjuring here. What what what? Oh, I'll give it. Um, I'll do. Right, we'll do that. Six six out of eight and a half. Uh, ridiculously corny lines that the sheriff says like <laughs> I'll take my gun instead <laughs> you can't shoot fear or I, don't, like, I don't know no, my favorite part is like hey I had to go <laughs> had to go alright well I'm going to give it uh, out of <laughs> so there you go <laughs> I thought I did five there. Two, nah, you did four. Four? Oh, two out of four is good, too. You were going <laughs> to give it two out of five? <laughs> Jeez. We already stated that these ratings don't mean a That's damn thing. That's true, but they kind of mean something. You keep going back to that. Like you, in our first episode, you were like, man, these ratings don't mean anything. I'm like, I know, they don't. And now every time I give something that Outrageous. you're like, wait a minute. Listen, Chris, certain yes. things that don't have inherent meaning <laughs> take the, take on meaning of their own when we learn to love them. Well, <laughs> so these ratings are important well, to me now. I, I thoroughly recommend that you see this movie, and I thoroughly recommend that you see it with the right crowd. So maybe start kicking yeah. people see out. It, Tell those uh, teenagers no. to get out. It'll it'll be out on Blu-ray right in time for Halloween. Maybe oh, yeah, a yeah, month yeah, or two before. Yeah. So save it till then. Invite some like-minded people over who yep. enjoy some good uh, slow burn horror. Yep. Watch it in your basement with the lights off. Yep. And yeah, I think time. you'll enjoy it. So, all right. Well, that's uh, that's about it. I, I I got nothing else. Oh, I wanted to talk about the Conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Buddy. I I was I was waiting my turn. I was being really really considerate. No, it's you were really being cool really shockingly considerate. It's so nice that you're so patient and you wait your turn mm-hmm. to, yep, to talk about great. things because you know you're not allowed all the time. <laughs> right. We we do have our half an hour segment where we go. Shh, and Parker just sits there. Even like even though Parker's boy. the producer, I still somehow <laughs> managed to turn his microphone off at least once an episode. <laughs> Is there any way that you could bring con- uh, uh, relate the Conjuring to Pacific Rim? No. <laughs> oh, you sure? <laughs> I know how desperate you Gives want to. Up immediately. Are you Googling The Conjuring and Pacific Rim? <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So, uh, I forgot how we end the show. Well, usually. we can give we can do some shout outs. Yes. Please yes. Uh, continue listening to our podcast if you do. Please continue, please continue. and get please, other please people to continue. Yep. Uh, Tell wa- a friend. Listen, listen to uh, Ninjas vs. Podcast, another podcast on the Eric Terribio Podcast Network, which now has a new podcast. That's right, new show. Uh, Eric and Sarah's Magical Funcast. The yep. first episode has guest star Parker <gasps> Lindstrom get from here. this shit. <laughs> and he's on there talking about embarrassing first stuff. Moments of things. Yeah. yeah, Eric starts it off very. Eric, yeah. Eric has a doozy. That is, <laughs> or should I say, doozy? Yep, yep. <laughs> now that once or I heard that, should I say duty? <laughs> once I once I heard that story, I went, "Wow, it's a shock he's getting married to this girl." <laughs> I, I like Anybody that. else would have been like, "Well, our date's over." <laughs> just yeah. as just as a teaser for all of you out there. Uh, on Eric and Sarah's first date, keep in mind Eric and Sarah will be getting married in a few weeks. On Eric and Sarah's very first date, Eric ended the date, which started out rocky but ended very nicely. 
and he put a punctuation mark on this date by telling her his most embarrassing story because in his mind he thought, this is a good idea. I'll tell her the worst thing about me, my most embarrassing moment, and everything <laughs> will be uphill from, like, I guess down, whichever one. Everything will be easy from this point on. And But then as he tells the story, you realize it's a story that no one knows about unless he tells the story. And so he doesn't no. need to tell the <laughs> there story. Was no I just say, <laughs> it sounds like it's Eric. A, Eric's no whole, like... Embarrassing moment, because he didn't have to tell anyone. Eric's whole, like... <laughs> Dating, falling in love, getting married experience has just been a giant game of him playing Russian roulette. <laughs> like, well, maybe this will work. Click. Oh, hey, it works. She still loves me. Click. Yeah. Oh, she still loves me. Good. Eric's good. Plan. He, he, no, he, he puts one bullet and spins it. Click. Hey, she still loves me. Puts, puts another bullet in. Spins. <laughs> Click. She still loves me. Third bullet in. Like, it's almost trigger. It's it's almost. It's almost like Eric has spent way too much time studying film and screenplay writing, and now he thinks the real world is a rom-com. And the most e- extreme examples, too. And, like, no, buddy, so, yeah. But, yeah, go, go ahead and check that podcast out. It's great. Yeah. Um, also Based wanna... on one episode. Hey, hey, sometimes it's all you need. Seth Byler, uh, fan of the show, Seth Byler is on the next episode. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Seth. You'll be uh, great. Yeah, we, we love you, Seth. Um, so also want to uh, thank, as always, uh, Mr. Bobby Roberts for the use of our theme songs off the Geek Remix albums. You guys want to go into this the whole thing? The about very, how you think the it's very wealthy. Oh yeah, Bobby Roberts. I, seriously, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure with he, what he, a lucrative. Uh, actually, he, oh, wor- he, he, he works for a Portland newspaper. Uh, well, as a, a fellow- side project, yeah, too. That's producing- just a hobby. He probably doesn't even need to get paid from that because of all of no, the-, he- oh, the revenue he's bringing in no, from these Because all, all, all of his hobbies are free because you don't have to pay a dime for the. What? Right. His, his newspaper is free. Oh, that's but, what you mean. But gotcha, the remixes gotcha, gotcha. are You guys are making this harder and harder every week. No, check him out at the geekremix.com. Just uh, sign up, enter your credit card, right. and you can download any of <laughs> them. You might need your social security number, too. Yeah, just some Th- different three, stuff. Three albums and a few singles, all free to download. Wow. Perfectly legal. Unbelievable. Free. Yeah, I know. It's a really you, nice you website, You keep forgetting too. it every week. Here's the thing. It's a really nice website, too. Like, for a free download website, like, it's nicely laid out. All three albums immediately there. You could just click on them and download them. I was like, "Wow!" Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great albums. I have all three of them, and I love them. So, all right, well, that's that's all I got. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Uh, until then, I'm Chris Klump, uh, and I'm Jasper Randall, the guy who works in the music department on both The Conjuring and Pacific Rim. Hey, yeah, tied it all together. We'll see you next time.